0: Yeah, but if he playing 10 yards off the ball, no, 15 yards off the ball. It don't matter. And, it, once again, it, it all did for me. It don't matter to me, dog. Hey, I can, uh, the list, I can run down the list of safeties that ran. Harrison Smith ran like a 4-6-5. That dude has been to like eight Pro Bowls, dog. Like, either you know how to play the game from a safety position and got instincts, or you don't. Give me a dude that's got instincts and anticipation over a dude that runs a 4-4 and it's going to be late to react. Because if you late to react, that 4-4 don't mean a dang thing. He's still top five. Yeah, he just missed his opportunity to be top three. That's all.
1: Yeah, it couldn't be that perfect.
0: Yeah, Lucky Lucky Podcast. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Your boy, Sean Davis at SD2Mikes, the original lucky lefty himself, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. We're brought to you and featuring Anora Whiskey. Go to HonoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. We're sitting up here, and we got started before we even get went live, talking about Cal Hamilton, and yo, I, I was kind of laughing at all of the Notre Dame fans. That were like, yo, he's about to put on the show. That he athletically he did. Like, shuttle, vertical, bench press, like, yo. And when he went to the drills, hips good. 40 time. You know, I I, I laugh when I have people tweeting us like he's gonna run a 4-3-5, four, a four-four, and I'm like. Dude, I watched this dude for three years. I never saw 4-4 speed. I never saw 4-4 speed. But what I did see is, like, let's go to the first game against Florida State. And let's talk about the clip we've seen constantly played on social media. The interception, right? The dude is on the opposite side of the field and sees the wheel route. That's not his responsibility and anticipates it and makes up ground without being 4-4. That has nothing to do with speed. That's knowing the game, having instincts, and seeing something before it happens. And that's why when he intercepted the ball, the quarterback was like, yo, did he pick that? He's not even supposed to be there. I I checked before the snap. He was over here. Like, why is he even in the screen? That's what makes him special. You know, so people that are kind of like, oh, my God, I can't believe he ran a 4 5 nine, four, six. It's like, that's not his game. It's never been his game. And if you thought he was a 4-4 four, four guy, then you weren't watching closely
2: enough.
1: No, he definitely has range. Ridiculous and he range. And I think that's what makes it special is that because he has range, he can cover ground in the passing game. He can also be, play in the box and make plays as well, which is which is his strength because he's bigger. He's bigger as a safety hybrid, nickel type of player, so he can be in that box as a, a skinny backer almost, which is a uh, kind of what Tyron Matthew does. He plays the run really well, but he's a smaller individual. But he's a playmaker. I think Kyle's best ability is that he's a playmaker with range that's big enough to play in run sport.
0: Yeah, lucky left the podcast. Oh, I think something's wrong with your sound, bro.
1: Hold on, I'm gonna come, come back. Yeah.
0: All right. So, yeah, we're talking about the combine, just kind of recapping. And of course, you're going to hear something that myself and Malik talked about all season long during the season. Like, we tried to tell people like, "Yo, This one particular team is literally one of the most talented teams we've ever seen physically, ever. And the NFL Combine did nothing but support
2: what we saw on a weekly basis. So, and then, how
0: long is it going to take? Because what you saw, and this is the beautiful thing, this week was free publicity for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs, Ryan Day and Ohio State Buckeyes, free publicity. Like Brian Day was all over the place. He was on the Rich Eisen show. Then they brought him into the booth at the NFL Combine on the first day, just because of his receivers. The two receivers that were running and the receiver that played in the national championship game the year before for Ohio State and played in the national championship. The next year, after he transferred to Alabama. So they had him in the booth talking about all three of those guys. So we're going to recap the NFL Combine, but then at the same time, we really want to talk about and ask the question, when would Notre Dame dominate the Combine like that? Georgia had 14 players
2: at the NFL Combine, and just about even the punter showed his entire arse.
0: Even the punter, 14 players, they pretty much dominated the NFL combine. And then the kid that transferred from Georgia to Florida State, Jermaine Johnson, comes in and runs a four or five. You know, so he was in that room of linebackers and DNs before he transferred to Florida State. Just incredible, man. So that's the question. When will Notre Dame? dominate an NFL combine and it doesn't have to be the same numbers like 14 players I don't know if we'll ever see 14 players from Notre Dame at the combine at the same time but very interesting because this upcoming year Notre Dame could literally send seven players to the combine next year I would say seven seven could go to the nfl combine i don't know if they'll dominate i think four of those guys have the potential to dominate but i think definitely seven players from notre dame will end up at the combine next year and that's what you know if you guys play spades i will say seven in a push or seven in a possible that possible being somebody like Houston Griffith. And I'm not even counting Braden Lindsey and what he does at wide receiver. Because I, I know he's going to go to the, if he goes to the NFL combine, he'll run fast. He's a track guy. But he would have to put up some incredible numbers in his senior season to go ahead and get the invite, number one. And then number two, to be considered at least second day for the nfl draft there's no chance he'll be a first round wide receiver but even if he can make it into like the third
2: round he's gonna have to have an incredible season you're frozen now bro while we get malik together um uh, tomorrow night no
0: Thursday, Brandon Winbush joins us on the show. Wednesday night, we'll have a special starting time. So we'll be starting at 8 o'clock, not 5 o'clock. We'll be starting at 8 o'clock on Wednesday. You got me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. <laughs> I was just giving everybody the lineup for this week. So special starting time on Wednesday. We're starting at 8 o'clock. Special guest will be Rex Pfluger. Former Notre Dame basketball player. I've yeah, always-
1: shout, out, shout out to Rex. I just saw him the other weekend. And also shout out to Notre Dame basketball Blake Wesley. Ooh. Nice. That man, nice.
0: I didn't like man. the loss to Florida State last week, but that tournament bound, which is good. And I think Blake Wesley is one and done, unfortunately.
1: And that's okay. That's how that's a one and done player that we had. like Duke has. You know, now we're getting some more of those type of players coming through.
0: All facts, facts, and then on top of that, Thursday, former Notre Dame quarterback Brandon Wimbush joins us on the show.
1: Wimbush, B. Wimbush.
0: That should be very interesting. And then we're not sure, but either Tuesday or Friday, we'll be joined by Two Four Seven Sports, Steve Wiltfong, will join us.
1: Hey, he's graduated. He's came a long way from Midwest recruiter when I was in high school. Yo,
0: Steve was the first first one that invited me out to watch a high school game with him. Really? Yeah, he was the first one that got me into watching high school and and recruiting back in 2011. Yep. And back then, like you said, he was just Midwest recruiting. Yep. That's all he was. He's going a long way.
1: Come a long way. I was like, oh my, I saw the, the line a couple of years ago at Elite 11. He said, yeah, I'm the national guy. And I said, what? That's long. He's got
0: it. He just got bumped up from that. He's an executive now over there. <laughs> yeah. So he's calling the shots now. And so he uh, hit us up.
1: Yeah. He, he's from the bottom. I already know. Yeah.
0: He hit us up and was like, I can't wait to join you guys. So I'm just waiting for him to confirm. It's either going to be Tuesday or Friday. We'll be starting at normal time every day this week except for Wednesday when we have to bump things back for Rex because, of course, like you, Rex is out there on the West Coast. That's right. That's right. That's a good
1: lineup. Good lineup. Off-season is never off-season. We on every time.
0: We spend it different. So go ahead and continue what you were saying about uh, Cal Hamilton.
1: Yeah, I just was a a little more surprised. I thought he was going to be a first-round guy. Uh, from a standpoint of having the intangibles, maybe popping out with a 4-4, a low 4-5. Having a high 4 high 4-6, it was a little different for me just because, you know, I thought it was just going to be a little more pop, but then again, you know, if he had that, he'd just be an all-around perfect player.
0: Man. It'll be illegal.
1: Yeah, like, he, yeah, it'll be too much. it would just be like he's first pick, give him all the money in the bank. That's like Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor in a four six five, so it would be better than that.
0: That's that's well. Once again, why was Sean Taylor so good? Sean Taylor was like a quarterback in high school. He also played wide receiver, so he saw the field, man, and his anticipation was bananas. His playmaking ability was bananas. Yo, if you look at the gauntlet and the field, dri- the uh, field drills. Cow was catching the ball better than some of the wide receivers.
1: Yeah, natural and, hands. Natural
0: hands, hands, man. So, he's just, man, he's an all-around athlete. And, dude, I hope he drops. I told you this, man. And a lot of fans don't. I hope he drops. I literally hope he drops to the teams to go to a team that's close to the playoffs so he can make a difference. It'll be he hard. He probably won't, but I hope he does, man. Like, bump up some O-linemen, bump up some D-linemen. Some of those Georgia players will get bumped up after their performance. Let them get to the teams and let them go to a team that just missed the playoffs, and he can be a big difference.
1: Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. Is But hopefully, you know, if they somehow figure out the draft a little different and make it like the NBA lottery. Uh, that'll be a little uh, change of pace. and It'll be probably different to shake some of that up. You know, maybe if Jameis went to a better team instead of just going number one overall because he almost had to, you know, maybe his career is a little different, you know.
0: Oh, that's a fact. Now, we did expect Kyron to run slow, and we talked about that, I believe, last Thursday. And we said he's not a speed back. My pushback, as far as the every every now and back thing is that when you get guys like Elijah Mitchell, I looked it up, his 40 at his pro day was like a 4-6-8. So, mm-hmm. look, when you have somebody that like Kyle Shanahan, he doesn't go reach for the top-notch running backs. He believes in his system. He always has a good offensive line. And somehow, some way, he gets a monster or he gets a Tevin Coleman, or he gets, like, Elijah Mitchell. Come in, next thing you know, fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick, they run for a 1,000 yards. It's just amazing what running backs are able to do in his system. And like you said, the game has changed. So no one is really – Derrick Henry is an anomaly in today's NFL. Like – well, Maybe. he's just
1: as an athlete. I mean, the kid is 6'2", oh, or, or something yeah, like
0: that. Yeah. So, and I think Zeke early on was intended to be that type of workhorse for Dallas, but his body just can't hold up. Like, you can't, you just can't run, guys. The man, the way these defensive players are, as fast as they are, the force they play with, you see somebody like Mika Parsons on the other side running a 4-4. Doing damage, you can't run somebody 25, 30 times, man, for 16, 17 weeks. It's just eventually it's going to catch up to them.
1: Yeah, you know, you're taking a beating, and it's really just a – I think it's just the, the combination of weeks. You know, maybe it's not every game, but you get week seven. One of them hits from the previous weeks is still lingering. Man. And it just it just softens you as a as a player naturally. But then if you given given plays that you in between the tackles all the time, I mean, you know, they got subs. You don't got a sub. So it's just makes the game a little hard for you.
2: And then on top of that, look, film and the combine. Give me your percentage of if you were a scout.
0: Say you're out there and Sean McVay says, yo, Malik, I got a job for you in our scouting department. How much are you dependent upon what you see on film from a percentage standpoint versus what you see in Indianapolis in the flesh?
1: Well, you know, on the field or in the person, because training is so advanced nowadays, it's more like check the box. It's less than Oh, maybe we're gonna see something different. More check the box, and maybe guys that uh you invite to the combine that coming from smaller schools may pop. Right. But that's about it. You know, other than that, I'm looking at film 95% of the time just because that's the value of the intelligence of the player, because the game's a little different. When uh, you know, yeah, offensively, I think the numbers make a difference when you see these receivers run fast because you can. You know, you can gear those type of things, but defensively you will probably gauge it more towards watching film. Offensively, you want to see film, but nowadays they're plug-and-play in the systems. So, you know, can you be taught is a little different, but that's also why you got to see film. Um, Like, for instance, this year the the group of receivers are so great that a lot of these players are just minuscule differences in physicality or, or traits. So you got to watch the film to see who's making the plays when they matter, which makes the detailing a little different. But if you're going out to these combine, all these numbers are starting to look the same in terms of, like, elite speed. Hey, bro,
0: didn't we tell people all year the level of athleticism that was on that Georgia defense? Didn't we tell people the entire year? Unfair. Yeah. And the guy that would have still been on the team if he didn't transfer to Florida State, walks in and runs a (laughs) 4-5.
1: Runs a 4-5.
0: Runs a 4-5. Just the level... We talk about it all the time, man. I don't know if Notre Dame can ever reach that level of athleticism just because of the uniqueness of Notre Dame. I personally... Had never seen a defense that fast. And when Jordan Davis ran faster than Jack Cone, I was done. When I saw a 336-pound dude run 4'7, I do. I don't I don't and then his counterpart that was next to him all year at 315 comes in and runs like a 487. That, those are the D tackles.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that was the problem with the Georgia defense, those two guys. And you see why, because guys that big shouldn't run that fast.
0: No. Though, we were joking. I was asking you, like, yo, can you imagine playing? And <laughs> You're running to the sideline, and usually, you know, when you make a move, you leave the D tackle with it, you know, in your rear. And you look up, and he's still right there at your ear hole. And you're like, Fam.
1: No, he out there making the tackle. He grabbing your ankles and stuff. You're
0: like, who is that? Yeah. Right. It was crazy. It was free publicity for Kirby Smart in the Georgia program. It was free publicity the first night with the wide receivers for Ohio State and Ryan Day. Now, the question we pose to everybody today, look, when would Notre Dame be able to have that type of showing? I mean, hey, they have a great recruiting class in 22, sitting on the number one recruiting class in 23. And almost can I step out on a limb here? Can I step out on a limb, bro? Step. Can I step Step. out there? I'm predicting today, March the 7th, 2022, I'm predicting today, take it to the bank, Notre Dame will end up with the number one recruiting class in the nation. I'm saying it on March 7th, 2022. You know how long we have to go? It's
2: a long
1: way. Uh, it long way. It's a long, long, way. Way. long
0: way. Book it, bro. Book it. Book it.
1: I think we can book that. Book it. We can book that.
0: I think we can book that. I think we can book that. Book it. I'm just going to step out of a limb. I'm just gonna step out on it. I just firmly believe that. But I think you have really, faith. I
1: think you have really good inclination as to why, and I think that's the right one. I think that's the one that's the one, the one that's gonna put it together.
0: Well, dude, I think Marcus Freeman is the one to put it together, and I think we get that number one class. So, to get back to my point, um, we hold on to the number one class. I truly believe that. Unless they start playing with the rankings, and we will talk about that in a second, because you know how these
1: publications get,
0: right? All of a sudden we got five stars, and then all of a sudden it's,
1: you know, gonna, it's gonna it's gonna be hard. Down. It's gonna be hard to do this one different, because I, 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 we already got the number one in twenty three, and it, it for us to have it that far out, it's it can be special if we can solidify it. it, it I know it's a long way, right? But you got Marcus Freeman in the building. Who's in the, the, lead, recruiter. the He's lead recruiter? In the building. He's lead recruiter in the building. He's a lead recruiter.
0: We've been saying Tommy Reeves putting in work. Tommy putting in major Tommy, work. Tommy two guns. That's a, putting, putting in major work. God, I can't wait, bro. I just can't wait. I can't wait to get to December. So people I can't wait can wait to get December.
2: The
0: I will say this. I also, and I put this out, um, story will be coming later this week, but I put this out in the message board over at Irish Breakdown. Talked to Carnell Tate this weekend. He'll be visiting Notre Dame on the 17th of March, which is the first day of practice. And then he'll be cutting down his list to his top three on the 21st or the 22nd and releasing that on the 21st of the 22nd. I'm trying to get him to release it on LL. I'm trying. I'm trying to get it to re- – I'm like, bro, you already been on LL. You with- got the
1: relationship.
0: You might as well just release it right here on LL. Let's do it all over again. So hopefully we can get him to do that. We already know two of the teams will be Ohio State and Notre Dame. The third team
1: – Don't even matter.
0: It doesn't even matter because they're so far behind. It. It's Notre Dame and Ohio State for the services of Carnell Tate, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, you know, what Tommy Reese has set forth foundationally, Marcus Freeman has to close. This is what it comes down to, bro. We're about to find out, you know, if Marcus Freeman is Michael Jordan as a close or if he's LeBron James. We're about to find out. Or if he's Scottie Pippen. Well, Scotty Pippen couldn't close at all. That's why minute. they went to, That's why. Remember, that's why they gave the ball to Tony Kukoc at the end of hold the on, game. Re, hold on, because rewind. Because that, rewind. that
2: couldn't close darn
1: thing. Hold on, rewind. I know you didn't try to sneak LeBron James in there. I had to
0: just to mess. Not with the
1: me. one that's about to. Not the one that's about to go to all-time scoring champ. Not that guy.
0: I know he's about to have the most losses in the NBA. Wait a time. minute!
1: Oh, 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 oh you lost. I like the little the little stuff
0: yo but check this out i do want to say despite the performers in the 40 the people around the nfl still love kyle hamilton man
2: i am so happy because i was was nervous about saying what i believe which is that kyle hamilton is the best player in the draft and maybe more importantly The best player for this moment in football where, you know, in response to uh, the explosion and passing over the last decade, defenses are now asking so much Mm. out of safeties more disguise, more versatility and versatility is what this guy has in spades. I mean, he can play deep middle. He can play split safety. He can play in the box. He can play in the slot, He can blitz and he has the size, the range and the ball skills to do all of those things at an elite level. I don't know how high he's going to get drafted. He's a safety. But if I was a rebuilding defense, I would want to rebuild the whole thing around this guy.
0: Yo, first of all, I'd like to say I love Nina Times, Not because of her NFL knowledge. But I had plenty of opportunities to be around her. One of the coolest people you'll ever meet. One of the coolest. Another person that's like that, that's been out in LA, you might not think so, bro. But I tell people all the time, Stephen A. Smith is one of the coolest dudes you can ever meet in person. Because people look I at, love him. People look at the TV persona. Stephen A. Smith will sit there and have literally a thirty-minute conversation with you about what's going on with you, and you will never get the vibe that he's big time ever he's that type of dude he's that type of dude first person i met when i first got to the network i worked there for six years when i first got to the network and i went up for my orientation the first three people i bumped into Carrie champion fine and Stephen a those are the first three people i saw the hitters i got the most love from Stephen a
1: well, you didn't expect nothing from bomb That kind
0: of fine bomb just walked straight to do. Nothing. Carrie was too busy trying to get to the people to do her hair. She literally had like rollers in her hair, and I understood. I understood. Hey, you, know that. you know how that go. I understood. You know, but she gave me a nod. But yeah, Stephen is cool. So Mina Kimes is one of those cool people, and what she said, I kind of agree. I'll push back maybe on him being the best player in the entire draft, that's debatable. Because of the way the game is going, could he end up being the most valuable pick in the draft because of his versatility? I'll rock with that. I'll definitely rock with that.
1: No, yeah, I think his versatility is is what makes him legitimately a first-round guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that – I think she has some really good points in terms of what the game needs now and how they need to build around her. I think that's what really needs to come into play and be in consideration considering he has the size. It's one thing to be a rangy player like a Tyron Matthew at a 5'9". But you're at a 6'3", moving like that, and it's not a corner. Yeah. Thinking, and you like the physicality. I think you just you signing your own checks because the league is looking for that when you're chasing guys around the field. That's and you got guys passing for the numbers that they're passing for.
2: Yeah. So,
0: with that being said, Cal Hamilton, Kyron, they didn't give you splash, but you know if you've been paying attention to they who
1: gave they you are, value, though, you know they, they gave you. Me- have- you know, that's a Notre Dame expectation. They're not gonna be the the fact. I think we've had anomalies because of you know chasing Miles running four threes and stuff, but you know that's a usual Notre Dame, you know, uh we archetype.
0: And I expect the clock to be a lot quicker at the Notre Dame Pro Day. I expect Cal to run faster at the Notre Dame Pro Day. I expect got, to run got Notre Dame clocks. Yes, I expect <laughs> Kyron. Yo, so. I have to cover the pro day. What's it like, bro?
1: It's cool, you know. You go in there, you you really think about your, your starts and your techniques, and it happens real fast. So uh, it's cool to, uh, you know. I was I was Z, so I always went the last one and all the the runs. So I got to see everybody That's right. in the process. That's right. It's just cool to really see them uh, go through it and. As a quarterback, it's a little different. I'm just thinking about my throws For I wasn't, you know, the testing and stuff is like whatever. But the throws was, was important. And so that's you what. I,
0: you were throwing the wheel? Who were you throwing
1: to? I was throwing the EQ, Miles, Darrell, all the guys are in the league right now, basically. Okay. Uh, Josh Adams. I had, uh, Yeah, so we had a nice little squad there. And, um, you know, it worked out.
0: So now let's talk about next year and what it might look like for the NFL Combine as far as Notre Dame. Let's talk about the guys we expect to definitely get an invite. Jason Uh, uh, Adamiola. Jason Adamiola.
1: Jason Adamiola, Fowski, Fowski, Mayor. Mayor. Mayor, Brandon uh, Joseph. Avery, Avery Davis. Brandon Joseph. Okay. Uh... Braden Lindsay, if he has a good year,
0: he has to have a hell of a year, bro. He just can't have a good year. That dude has to have, like,
1: he'll have a good year because we'll win nine games, but he has to have some touchdowns, some numbers in there.
2: Yeah,
1: I think uh, Pat uh, Jared Patterson will be in there. Good call
0: on JP. Uh, I don't know if Josh Love gets the combine invite. I think <coughs> oh,
1: Ham uh, Hart. Cam Hart be in there. Cam Hart
0: will get the invite. That's eight.
1: That's eight. And then we'll have, like, leave room for two more, two more splashes. A linebacker in there.
0: Because we'll
1: win nine or ten games. A linebacker.
0: Guys like like Bo Bauer, the other Adam Yola. and some guys, Houston Griffith. They might not get the invite to the combine, but I definitely think you'll see a couple of them at like Josh love might end up at the senior bowl, even though he doesn't get the combine invite, or he might end up at the East West shrine game. One of those games, but yeah, it's quite possible that Notre Dame gets eight guys invited to the combine next year, which would be great. Especially if they win 11 games and hey marcus freeman is right down the road so they can bring marcus freeman up to talk about his guys just like they did ryan day for a day that would be dope but the class after that is this 2023 class dude so in 2026 i know it's a long way away it's four years away but i expect notre dame to show their entire arse In Indianapolis in 2026, I stepped out on a limb March 7, 2022. I did it around 517. And I said, Notre Dame's going to sign the number one class in the class of 2023.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you add that date and touch to the Notre Dame campus. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) And I see people talk about nine wins, but look, I'm just saying at at least nine wins, at least nine wins, at least nine wins. But the mother wins. We got to work for it, you know. I got to see yeah. what the spring look like. Yeah. I got to see what this recruiting finishes at. You know, yeah. but I definitely think we can get to eleven wins, but nine definitely for sure. I think we can get nine for sure off of talent alone.
0: Yeah, it was an
1: unusual
0: slow combine. If that makes sense.
1: Unusually slow.
0: Yeah. I told I told you, remember, they only had the wide receivers for the three cone? They only had, like, three receivers break seven? Yeah. As compared to five years ago, there were, like, 20 receivers that broke seven? And I was like, yo, what can you attribute that to? Because that's just really strange. Because you think the athletes are getting quicker and faster. And for them to
2: drop off like that for like the three cone <laughs> drill – Man, I just found it very interesting.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. That's it is, it's interesting that they're falling behind a little bit, but I do think that the more focus is on that 40, man, you're trying to hit that four three. That's why so many guys increasingly are getting better at it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite part?
0: You you got Malik. We talked about
1: enjoy- Probably Jordan Davis, just to see how athletic he really looked, and he looked good running the forty. He didn't look heavy footed at all, and just be three sixty five and do it is just crazy.
2: Man,
0: he was absolutely fantastic, bro. And then when you have his counterpart come out and run like maybe eight hundredths of a second slower, it's like, gee, gee,
2: dude. Cool. I had to tip my cap to Nick Saban, bro. Because I said, I said Nick, Nick Saban actually came up with a plan to put up
0: 30-plus on these dudes. Like, I, I really tipped my cap. Like, you know what? He figured out a way.
1: And it came down to the last possession, too.
0: He figured out a way. And he almost got it done in the national championship team. We said it all year, dude. This, if they did not win the national championship this year, Kirby Smart and that program might have taken a little a little bit.
1: And he might have gotten fired because that, that defense is too good to not win the championship. You
0: can't. You cannot have that team and that defense
2: and not win it. The fact that they won with the quarterback they have shows you the abundance of talent they had
0: surrounding him.
1: <laughs> and that's just, and that's what recruiting can do, and that's how I see Notre Dame in the future. I see us in 2023 at 2022 class, Marcus Freeman, era, a bunch of guys going to the league on that statue. where it's like the defenses are built so tough and so deep that they're going to have repetitive NFL cycles.
0: Man, Lucky Lucky Podcast featuring Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, premium American whiskey, Whiskey.com. Bro. I kind of teased this, but I want to point it out once again. This week, our guest, Steve Wilfong, 247 Sports, Brandon Wimbush on Thursday, regular time, and then we have a late start on Wednesday, 8 o'clock, central time, Rex Pfluger, former Notre Dame basketball player, is going to join us on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Now, I want to switch it up because I want to pull something from NCAA basketball, which is at its peak going into March Madness right now. I'm gonna go to the Big Ten. First of all, shout out to my guys down in Champaign. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Alma mater, getting Uh-oh. it done last night.
1: Getting it the done.
0: Big Ten championship. They had me throwing things for about an hour and a half, but hey.
1: Okay, hey, you got it. Uh, it's all good. It's
0: all play good. Play. I didn't break anything. That's all that counts. I didn't break anything. I made sure I had balled up socks, bro. I had the balled up socks man. next to me. I was yeah. It actually,
1: in the laundry, so it's sitting. Yeah. They, you went ready. Down,
0: they went down 15 midway through the first half, and I was like, dude, really? This is how we come out and play.
1: But you know, they good, they're good for losing like that. But they had to turn it around. Maybe it's a oh, new way.
0: I want to bring something up to you too. But we'll do that later in the show as we get ready to close out. I want to go to Matt Painter, head basketball coach for one of the best teams in the Big Ten the Purdue Boilermakers. And Matt Painter was asked about. Nige. He was asked about. He, he, he quite possibly has the best player in the nation, Jay Nagy, who might all be. Around, all around. Best all around. Player. Absolutely. But he was asked about role players like Sasha Stefanovic and Zach Eady and you know, what they mean to the program. And he got into this whole dialogue about recruiting and rankings and why they don't mean anything. I want you guys to check Matt Painter out yesterday and tell me what you think because I thought what he said was spot
3: on. You got the small man in your ear, you know, telling you you're not quite there, you're not quite good enough, and that's not the case. And so I'm, I'm a big believer in you. You become what the head coach thinks of you. And when I watched him, I thought he was a good player. And so I've coached low-major basketball, mid-major basketball, high-major basketball, and if you're good, you're good. I don't like to label guys. I hate the numbers. The numbers stink. You know Anybody in this room can tell us who the top 20 players in the country are. But from 21 to 500, I mean, Zach Eadie's like in the 300s. I mean, how foolish are they? Chris Kramer is like 430. Like, the only thing those two guys have done is win basketball games here. I don't know what Sasha was ranked, and I could care less. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Like, if you sign with the school and you're like, it's a blue blood, and you were 27, you're automatically 16, like, how does that work? You sign with a non-blue blood and you're 45, then all of a sudden you're 74, and it's like, it's ridiculous. You'd be amazed that you see people in the 30s, and there's some guys not even ranked, and you're like, you don't. It's like Indiana, like Indiana, like Rob Finney. Like, I, I loved Rob Fennessy. I thought he was great. I thought he was a winner. I just—he had a lot of winning qualities about him. Like when you rank guys, you you can't judge what's in their heart. When you go and recruit him and spend time with him and see him, like you see that—that's the about the valuation—is your work ethic. You know, do you have any baggage? Like you know, just because things are going to happen, things are going to happen. So to get a guy like that who just wants to help Purdue win and can make shots and can move and can pass—you know—that's fun. He's got he's got heavy feet, but that's okay. It's a lot of good people with heavy feet. Yo, that
0: applies to college basketball and college football.
1: Yeah, but
0: it's not. I just want to say this. And this is what I tell people all the time, man. Don't get caught up. The one thing that stuck out, he said, a player is only as good as his coach thinks he can be. Period. Like you're recruiting. So when Preston's enter, signed with Notre Dame and Notre Dame had all these top linebackers still on the board and Marcus Freeman accepted the commitment of Preston Zinter who's not from a state that produces a lot of great football players as a linebacker Notre Dame fans were like man why did they take him they took him because Marcus Freeman sees something in him he sees something that he can create he sees the talent he sees the ability and he knows that if I get a hold of him I can maximize and turn this guy into a really good player at the linebacker position, a position I play. And if I'm going to trust any position evaluation of Marcus Freeman as a head coach, it's going to be linebacker. Not quarterback, not running back, not offensive line. If I'm going to trust Marcus Freeman's evaluation for one position, it's going to be a linebacker. And Preston Zinter is like in the 200s nationally in the 200s we talk about all the time as soon as somebody that's ranked in the top 15 nationally as soon as they commit to notre dame two weeks later they drop down to 30 something they drop down to 40 something if they commit to alabama all of a sudden they jump up to five six seven it's crazy the politics that exists in recruiting so that part of what he said is spot on Either you can play or you can't. There's a bunch of people, there's a, there's a bunch of people in this world that can play football that didn't play in the SEC, didn't play in the ACC,
2: didn't play in the Pac 12. You'll see them on Sundays. Watch. In Pro Bowls.
1: You'll see them. And then that's the thing, too, is that you can't be a lazy recruiter. And I think that's the biggest oh. benefit is that he put his time in. But the thing is, too, is that if he was at a, a Kentucky or a Duke, it'll be hard not to take these five stars who are wanting to come or walking through the door every day. So we had to recruit a little bit harder to find guys locally, which is what Indiana's good at, apparently, because we oh, love to do. He's the Duke. Purdue. He's Purdue. I get he's that. Purdue. Now,
0: Alabama. Now, I will say this the Purdue basketball program is a little bit different than the Purdue football program. A little bit program.
1: different. A little bit different. It's a little bit different. But you got to think, too. Notre Dame football is recruiting like that. Alabama's not recruiting three-star guys because you look at that offensive line, that defensive line in Alabama. That's a five-star guy. Those are guys that are prime position for that for right. that team, and they and they get the results out of it. So it's a little different in football on that level because we're good at getting those those guys that you never heard of that were turned into superstars.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, like he said, we can all identify in basketball, baseball, football. We can identify. The top 10 are usually easy. It's easy. Top 10 is right easy. easy. Yeah, I can tell you right now, the state of Illinois, Charles saw is the number one player in the state. It's not even close. Malik Elzey is probably two or three. It's not even close. If Cardinal Tate didn't transfer, he probably would be two or three. It It'll be between him and Malik Elzey. It's not even
2: close. It's not even debatable. Once we get down to like seven and eight, it's all about the school you choose.
1: Yeah, the system you go to. System you uh, go to. Whether or not
0: the coach is
1: believing or, or the fit, or the fit. You absolutely. If right. like a, a Kayvon Thibodeau, it
2: don't matter. He do. It doesn't. Doesn't matter. I get man. Will Anderson could have gone anywhere.
0: Will Will Anderson could have gone to any school in the SEC, and that dude would be wrecking shop he be wrecking shop. Now, let, can I keep it a buck? Can we keep it all the way a buck? Some people might be upset. Let's keep it a buck. If Aiden Hutchinson wasn't at Michigan, there's no way he gets to New York for the Heisman
2: Trophy.
1: Not if he's at Nebraska, Iowa.
2: So
0: no. No. The Michigan brand helped. And if people, man, I... If the Jacksonville Jaguars take him with the number one pick, bro, i know. Good, good, because Evan Kyle can't go there, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But if they take, if the Jaguars take Aiden Hudson with the number one overall pick, I don't want to hear anything else about Urban Meyer. There's some other dumb people in that building. There's some other people in that building that don't know football. Listen,
1: go easy on my Jags now. We just trying to get the best available, and maybe that's what they need is a great hope for the city.
0: Now, is this the year you trade down
2: and pick up picks? Because there is no – there really is no that guy is the number one overall player.
0: They're not going to take a safety with the number one pick. The highest a safety has ever gone in the draft is at the second spot.
1: We should take Kyle just because defensively we need a safety.
2: You know, and that would be.
0: You could probably trade down and get Kyle at the fourth pick or the fifth pick. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe
2: somebody is sitting right there at five and six with a couple of first round picks. If I'm not mistaken, it's the Jets.
0: Well, the Jets need
1: all the picks they can get, so I'm not quite sure what they're going to do.
0: No, the Giants have five. It's the Giants. The Giants are sitting at five and seven. So you let the Giants come up, get number one, if they want to give you five and seven, I'm all for it. You can come have have this number one pick. Give me number five and number seven.
1: Yeah, but then I don't want Kyle going to the Giants, though, either.
0: Boy, he would make a lot of money in New York, boy. That dude would make a lot of money off the field in New York, though. I bet you his agent wants him to go to the Giants. (laughs) I bet his agent wants him to go to the Giants.
1: If he goes to the Giants, I think he'll be next level, though. He'll be next level marketing like Odell.
0: Man. Amika Burton. Thank you for the Super Chat sticker, man. We appreciate you. Shout out to LL Nation.
1: Shout out to LL Nation, man. We appreciate y'all so much. And
0: my boy Michael Park says, pancake that like button. Jeff Fluke. Alabama. Alabama would have won if Williams didn't
2: get hurt. That's quite possible. That's quite possible. Cal needs to go to the Bears. <laughs> they they need him, but the Bears need a lot.
0: The Bears need a lot.
1: The Bears need a receiver. A receiver, help him out. Maybe y'all get Calvin Ridley <laughs> off of uh, uh, off of waivers or something.
0: Nah, uh, he's suspended for the year. So, how dumb was he, Kuba Pui? Sean, do you think that if we had Zach Wilson instead of Book in that year, are we more of a threat than we were? I guess Zach you're Wilson right? not going
1: very far with Zach. Wilson.
2: Man, you throwing a little shade at Zach Wilson right there. Man, I, my only problem with Zach Wilson in the NFL is
0: I just don't think he's—I don't think he'll be durable enough. He'll be hurt a
2: lot, man. He's just—he's slightly built. He's just too slightly built. But no,
0: getting back to Matt Painter, I think it applies not only to college basketball, but college football as well. Cause basketball, you don't have as many players.
2: But the thing about football, let's say your average class is 18 to 20.
0: Each class, you can't miss on more. You can't miss on more than two players in a class. You can't. If you're going to be in an elite program, two, maybe three at the most. If you're bringing in 20 every year, You just, for for depth purposes, man, you can't can't get a class of 20 and miss on five. That's just not good. You have to be more efficient than that as a recruiter. Now, it's totally different if you're getting 20 good players and five of them eventually transfer out because they just don't have room and opportunity to get on the field. That's totally different. I'm
2: talking about recruiting guys, and they just don't develop. They end up busting out. You can't have that.
0: Tracy Pines has a question for you. What was your forty? What did you run? I ran, a, I ran a
1: four five in uh, high school. I ran a four six at the combine. A four six? I was heavy. I was heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I was about
0: to get on you, but I let it ride. Will Chesnick said. Yeah, he was clocked in 21 miles per hour and past Scouts definitely aren't worried about the speed aspect of our boy Kyle Hamilton. I'm interested in seeing what he has to say on Inside the Garage the next episode after the combine.
1: He's probably going to be upset that he ran that slow.
0: Well, you know what, man? He'll have a fast clock back
2: at the pro day. He's good. He's good. Let's get to some more comments. I think we got to those. Well in Jeremy, the thing is these boys are a
0: little bigger than the boys even 20 years ago, a lot bigger than the boys 20 years ago, but the field is the same size. That's valid. So these boys take up more space on the field and allows the players to make up space much quicker. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, Hey, come on, man. You don't have to do me like that. You have to give them a chance. As long as they make it further than they made it last year. They get to the sweet 16 after the year they've had with injuries and COVID and suspensions. If they get to the Sweet 16, it will be a victory for the program. I don't have them in the Final Four, so that wouldn't be any sweat off my back at all. Amika Burton in the defensive line next year will go in first round next year, in my opinion. Which one? Which one? Foskey? I think Foskey probably has the best chance. I don't know about Neola. is big enough to go at the DT. Because if he's going to be playing 3-4 big defensive end at his size, they list him right under 300, but he probably plays a little lighter. He's probably going to be in a 3-4 because he's not quick enough, fast enough to come off the edge in a 4-3 consistently. So he probably goes big end in a 3-4. And he probably has a really, really good career. Like, he's a player that I can see playing 19 years for a really good organization, being a leader, and having really good stats. And actually having a better pro career from a stats standpoint than he had in college in Notre Dame.
2: I can actually see him doing that. <laughs> Michael Parks. What was Kane Madden's 40 time?
0: You know what? I'm going to pay attention because I'm sure he's going to be at the Pro Day. I'm pretty sure he'll participate at the Pro Day and I will be very interested in seeing what he does. So out of the eight players we named that will more than likely get invites to the combine in 2023, I would say Four of those guys and possibly five will have really good showings, which is really good publicity for the program. Really good, very, very good publicity for the football program. Absolutely. So, next year will be the start of something. And as we continue to build, we'll see more and more athletes from Notre Dame going out and dominating at the NFL combine like i said it's great publicity for your football program it absolutely is what do you guys think about that who are going to be your standouts who's going to be your standouts in indianapolis next year from this notre dame squad let us know will chesnick said kyron looked like he was moving for him too i don't know how much faster he can go <laughs> Yeah, man, but, you know, you look at the touchdown against Clemson. Yo, he outran the DBs. I know he's tough as nails, and he's versatile, man. He's versatile. So he'll find a way to make it in the NFL. I totally believe that. Jeff Luke, that's interesting. Can we do a show on the recruiting class bus rate? during the BK era. I'm gonna check the numbers on that. That's interesting. It's like I said, if you're getting in 18 to 20 kids and you're gonna be a great program, the most you can miss on is maybe two to three guys per class, maybe two to three guys per class. And really what you want to do is get 20 in, make sure they all develop and if four or five leave via the transfer portal that's like jameson williams leaving ohio state and doing what he did not only is good for alabama but it's good for ohio state because his development is still attributed it's still attributed to ohio state and him being polished once he got to alabama You're going to see the same thing from Burton. It's going to be a great thing for Georgia to send a wide receiver, a national championship wide receiver, to Alabama. He puts up numbers with a better quarterback. And if he goes second day in the NFL next year in the draft, that development goes back to Georgia. So now when Kirby Smart walks into a young man's home, he says, yo, we developed him. Yeah, we know he went and played and put up better numbers at Alabama, but
2: he was developed and won a national championship at Georgia. Run, Tuck, thanks for tapping in.
0: Cooper covering a six. he's always wide open, and he doesn't have length like Kyle. Yeah, as I said before, anticipation, knowing how to play the game is the most important part of Kyle's game. Very similar to Sean Taylor. Very similar to Sean Taylor. The interception he made that we've seen go viral had little to do with I mean, yo, speed mattered, but his ability to see pre-snap, see the wheel route immediately, and then take off. And his length took up ground. Forget the clock. It's his length. Mixed with his speed, made up the ground to be able to make that interception. So anticipation with intelligence and athletic ability. That's what you're getting when you're talking about a guy like Kyle Hamilton. Jay Henry, would Mayor
2: even have to pursue? I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? The tight end class might not be. Let's check out the tight end class for next year. You got, uh, oh, Cameron Latou from Alabama.
0: He has an opportunity to be day one. I really like Will Mallory from Miami. He has an opportunity to be day one. And then Michael Mayer, uh, Davis Allen from Clemson, until they get the quarterback situation together at Clemson, I really don't know what he's going to be able to do. But Latu and Michael Mayer will be the top two. Latu, more than likely because of the quarterback he's playing with, is going to have some really good numbers. So when you have that battle to see who's the number one quarterback, and then Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia, who's a monster, 6'7", 265, he'll be in the in the running as well. I think he's going to end up being the third or fourth tight end. But, you know, when you have that mix and you want to differentiate yourself from a kid like Latou down in Alabama, yeah,
2: you go ahead. You might not have to run the 40, but definitely do the gauntlet and do the field drills. I don't even know if Chris Tyree will get an invite.
0: It depends on his usage. And you know, and Chris Tyree might come back because he does have two years of el- eligibility left. We have to remember that because of the COVID uh extra year. Extra COVID year, you know I meant. Yeah, Irish one. No special tight ends this year. 459 was the quickest. Michael Mayer might be a little bit faster than that. Michael Mayer might be mid 4 or 5. And I missed that. For whatever reason, prayers up till I got Rex Mike's. Day one prayers up to him and what he's going through oh i see it now prayers wrecked to your mom and your entire family uh we speak perfect healing over her and whatever the situation is and uh we speak the peace of god
2: over you and your entire family and uh yeah hope everything goes well we hope everything goes well man do what you
0: have to do but try not to stress yourself out too much because at the end of the day she needs you but i'm sure there are a host of other people that need you as well i'm sure you need your family as well david jones thank you for tapping in what's in, what's interesting about it though is that Cal is not even aware he has the issue if he corrected it he could really turn heads at the
2: pro day. I think you're talking about his start. I see it. That could be it. But I just think Kyle is
0: never going to run a 4-4. Kyle is the type of kid, he's long, and it takes, when you're that long, it takes a lot to get going. Where other guys can pretty much, after about five, six yards, they're getting to that top acceleration. Kyle takes a little bit longer to unwind. But once he gets going, man, like he's hitting 21, 22 miles per hour. And he has that anticipation. So Kyle is the type of player that as he gets older, he'll still be very effective because of his anticipation at the position that he plays. And that's what's going to make him an enduring great player in the NFL, barring catastrophe from an injury standpoint, is his ability to anticipate, read, pre-snap, and then react.
2: He's going to be a fantastic, fantastic player. Even if he had, didn't have a physical
0: window, he came to know the name. He was healthy. Cal Hamilton has never been a 4-4 guy. He just, he's never been a 4-4 guy. Never. You can go watch him his freshman year. He wasn't a 4-4 guy. Go watch his first interception for a touchdown. He wasn't a 4-4 guy. That's not what you see on film. And I understand what you're saying about the injury. But he's never been that guy. Matter of fact, that was one of the reasons people really didn't want to give him his respect as far as rankings. You know, they kept waiting to see that speed, and that's just not who he is. You have to really appreciate the overall talent and the overall football player he is to understand just how great he is, and it took people a long time to recognize that. Like I said, he got his offer from Georgia. He was a three-star he wasn't even a high three star like georgia jumped on him and then a couple of other big time programs jumped on him late and eventually he got that bump up to a four star and some people some publications bumped him back down once he committed to notre dame so oh yeah it it always contributes to other things if you don't get it right hopefully He goes to an organization that will be able to help solve that. I'm all for, hey, David, I'm all for back alignments, man. Woo! It's nothing like going to a chiropractor and, you know, them popping you and (laughs) getting your alignment right. It feels crazy initially, but man, when they're done, it's amazing. So I am definitely an advocate for that Coleman smith thank you for tapping in if you had to predict where do you think Cal will get drafted i think the jets and the 459 is not that concerning in my opinion yeah if he goes to new york that Jets situation i just don't see it getting right man they've been
2: bad for so long i just don't know Uh, nah.
0: Kyron. No, nah, Kyron just needs to be the back that he is. Versatile. He can make you miss. He needs to go somewhere where it's a really solid system and offensive line. He'll be fine. He'll
2: be fine. He'll stay in the league.
0: All right, guys. Thank you, for guys, for joining us today. Don't forget, the rest of this week, either Tuesday or Friday, Steve Wilfong is going to be joining us from 247 Sports. Wednesday, Rex Pfluger, special 8 o'clock start, 8 o'clock Central Time. Rex Pfluger, former Notre Dame basketball player, is going to join us. And then, on Thursday, at our normal time, we're going to have former Notre Dame quarterback Brandon Wimbush right here on the lucky lefty podcast. You know what time it is?
3: Petticoat. 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 Pett Petticoat.
0: It's time to get petty.
1: Oh, we did a good job executing.
0: Are you upset with something and fire up the petticoat junction train.
1: I just don't like you. You don't. No.
0: What is today's petty historic Petty Junction. That's right. Pettiest story of the day. Yo. Some petty things went on in Durham, North Carolina over the weekend. Petty, North Carolina's men's basketball team, you all are a mad petty for spoiling the coronation and retirement of Mike Szeski. But I love the way you did it. I loved it. Went there, banged out in Cameron Indoor, killed the vibe made the man come before the fan base and apologize for the performance (laughs) i loved it i loved it but i gotta throw you on the petty train that was mad petty showing no respect for the celebration that was taking place all week all weekend long when you got stepped on the court you were all business But because you threw a wrench in the plans, I got to put you on the petty train. That was mad petty. But you got to love it.
2: You have to love it. ESPN. We saw this clip yesterday. Brooklyn, Boston.
0: I don't know. I've done this before. I told Malik I've done this before. Yo, Big Baby Davis had the nerve to sit in someone's seat during the game they had the camera on him and when they had the camera on him on the sideline the people who the seats belonged to actually walked up he turned around and said oh these your seats and he went a row, I, I think he was like one row back that's where his seats were espn is petty but staying with the conversation and the transaction and then Big Baby is petty, even though we all do it. Like you go to a game, you see empty seats in the lower bowl, you know no one else is coming because it's the middle of the second quarter. So you just go down and grab a seat. I used to do it at the United Center all the time, post Michael Jordan, all the time, to watch the Eddie Curries, the Jamal Crawfords, the Jay Williams, and those terrible teams with Jalen Rose. Running the running the rock, man. Ron Mercer. Oh man, woo! I can remember those days. So I was mad petty for that because I would always go get a great seat at some time during the game. But big baby, that was mad petty and ESPN for you to stay with it and have the audio. Mad petty as well so oh chris Carwell, assistant for coach k in the handshake line ignoring hubert davis and walking by him you mad petty dude you mad petty i got a few other words for you because i really don't rock with duke i really don't rock with duke basketball but i'm gonna let you slide i'm really not gonna throw those words on you tonight but that was real petty you know, you're showing some attributes there. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, Sean. Who man, coming off six championships? It tried every bit of my fandom. Every bit of my fandom. You talk about having to have the patience of Joe. Yeah, David. You know, cause North Carolina man, they was supposed to like just accept Coach K's celebration yeah they were supposed to just accept it they already have like 23 wins 14 wins in conference more than likely you know they're going to be on the bubble more than likely they will make it in have an opportunity in the uh tournament acc tournament coming up in brooklyn to get a couple more wins north carolina would have been good if they had allowed duke to just go ahead win the game make it a little close or win the game and allow duke to be in a frenzy the Cameron crazies to be in a frenzy yeah man yeah but they purposely them and Hubert Davis came in chip on the shoulder and said not on our watch and for that it's a good petty I loved it it's not a bad petty it's a very good petty gotta throw them on a petty train and I loved every minute of that pettiness. every minute of that pettiness. Da number 36 bus. So many number one draft picks down the drain with those Bulls teams. Man, look. Who are you telling? Me? Antoine, Portier-Rideau, if there was Notre Dame's men's team, would be petty. If it was them instead of UNC, no, nah, it's petty. It's even more petty because that's their rival. That's their rival. So it's like, yeah, you already knew what the, the talk in the locker room coming out was for Hubert Davis. You know, he was like, let's go out here and kick that. I don't give a about Coach K. You know he was disrespectful. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but go ahead and do a search. Google search. SI wrote an article. Supposedly, Chris Carroll and the staff was upset because North Carolina didn't have any special ceremony for Coach K when they played at Chapel Hill. The article is up on SI. Uh, I think it came out about 2 o'clock this afternoon. This is true. And th- if this is the case, this is, like, how are you mad? Because somebody else chose not to celebrate. Like, I understand it would have been a nice thing to do, right? Well, it's not mandatory that North Carolina puts on some type of post-game celebration for a coach that they dislike. They don't have to do that. It would have been nice if they had done it. But they're not mandated to do that. And
2: if you're still carrying that as a Duke staff, get over it, man. Get over it. That's petty. Come on, man. Like, right. What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to bring out a rocking
0: chair, give you, you don't even play golf, so they can't even give you golf clubs. What are they supposed to do? Send you and Mickey on a trip to the Caribbean or something? It's like,
2: what like man get real man yeah matt you late to the party dude mad petty of you great show though watch
0: it you'll enjoy it as always we appreciate you guys thank you for keep bumping us up we're almost to 2k and we'll be making an announcement uh malik will be making an announcement we'll be in south bend Thursday, prior to the Blue and Gold game, Malik and Tavon Coney and the other players will be there for the Legacy Weekend. I believe that Friday, Malik and Tavon will have an Adora Whiskey event in South Bend. He'll be giving you the location, and then we'll be celebrating my birthday that weekend. And I think the morning of the Blue and Gold game, we'll be doing a live podcast at a location near campus as well so it's gonna be a great weekend we'll give you more information i will be at the pro day i won't be able to make it for the first spring practice but i will be at the pro day and then the open practice the day after that and i'll be checking in with you guys giving you updates on what the squad is looking like early in the spring so man i appreciate you guys thank you for tapping in with us as always, we're featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWiskey.com. So, from a guy, the original Lucky Lefty himself, who's probably chasing little men around Malik Zaire, I am Sean Davis at SB2 Mikes. Smash the like button. Thank you guys. You've been getting it up to like 200 likes. Continue to smash the like button, continue to share, and let people know. LL Nation, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Be blessed. Rex Mikes, we're praying for you, your mom, and your family. We appreciate you,
2: man. You all, we'll check you out tomorrow for another episode of the Lucky Lefty.